0: (laughs) All right All right, so here's the deal How we start the the podcast is We'll start recording on the software that we use And then we click over on our computers To the sheet (laughs) The the rundown of what we're going to be talking about today And The episode is called Double Doink of NFL Hot Takes So what it is We're going to talk all football today First, we're going to talk the sneaky good team in the AFC. And then the second segment, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears sticking with head coach Matt Nagy for now. And then Tony G's picks of the week, picks of week 13 coming up at the end of the show. And so I click over to our docket, what we're going to talk about today. And the only thing that I see as I click over is Will McCormick has inserted a goofy image into... Mm-hmm. It happened right as we were recording. Did you hear that laugh right at the start of the show? Yep. That was genuine because I did not expect that. Will does this from time to time. <laughs> this image, the double-doink thing, the Matt Nagy thing, it's the whole word play on Matt Nagy and that kick that they would have won the playoff game, but it mm-hmm. double-doinked off the crossbar. No good. They lost. And since we're talking about Matt Nagy today, you know, the double doink just kind of plays into everything. Will McCormick went out and found an image of Matt Nagy's face after that, where he's like (laughs) in shock. Looks like he just saw a ghost. Yes. And that's the image that he has inserted into our docket. So thank you for starting the episode that way. Yeah.
1: Welcome. Just You know, like a little visual representation (laughs) for this episode. Except it's a
0: podcast. Of course. Yeah, a podcast. Visual episode for us. You know, this is something that we've been getting goofier as the season's been going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Season seven's winding down, by the way. Yeah. After today, just two episodes next week, and then the season seven of the Tony G Show will conclude, wrap up, be done, besides the Tony G Show interviews, which we still have aspirations of continuing through the winter. So, uh, season seven's almost over. As the season has progressed, we have just been more goofy than I think we've ever had been. I'm
1: strictly professional. I'm wearing my suit right now. (laughs) Yeah, Right. Strictly professional go. as he
0: misses every shot he takes at the mini hoop in Tony's studios. That's so false.
1: That's I had That last one was going in, and you just totally <laughs> smacked it into the oblivion.
0: Okay, so did it go in or not? You missed well, it. Well, no, but I... It was good defense. All right,
1: Tony. It wasn't coming down yet. It wasn't goaltending. I blame the low ceiling of your apartment because I need a nice arch
0: in my shot. Third floor of this building, mm-hmm. of this studio building, has uh, higher ceilings. Does it really? Yeah, that's true way oh, higher see that's the
1: home court advantage i yeah. would have been way i don't know why that is
0: could we even them out maybe pick up the second floor
1: just a bit i guess whoever built this place wasn't uh wasn't thinking too far ahead to the third like floor a quota
0: to meet of how high the building had to be it has to be like 400 feet in the air i don't know i don't that's a good question i doubt it look into that for me this is the tony no. g show <laughs> 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 that's will mccormick i'm tony g I don't even think we talk about football today. The heck with it. Let's no. just goof around.
1: Yeah, I say it's goof around. Okay. I'll drain this mini shot. Or mini shot.
0: Mini shot. Mini hoop shot right mini now. Shot Ready? Put. Canned it. Beautiful. <laughs> let the record show that Will McCormick never let go of the ball. All right, let's get <laughs> the episode going. <laughs> don't forget, yesterday I released that Better Call eversall episode where I sat in on Sports Radio 107.5, 1400 The Fan my friend's over there, and I sat in for the episode. Everyone wanted to hear that audio, and so I put it out on the podcast, and that's where it, where it is. Better Call Ever Saw episode. Go ahead and listen to that. That is me on an actual radio station, not just Tony G Studios, but like an actual radio. So, Open to feedback, open to criticism, although all I get from Will is criticism, so it would be nothing out of the blue. Today's episode, we're going to preview the sneaky good team in the AFC. There's one team that I watched on Sunday – and I had to talk about them because there's something good within them. They lost on Sunday, mm-hmm. but I say that if they get rolling, look out. That's a dangerous team. Second segment, as I mentioned, we are going to talk about the Chicago Bears retaining Matt Nagy. I mean, what?
1: It was pretty much we, – we thought it was a done deal. Yeah, we had everybody a friend did. of the show, Jason Fonder, on. We thought we
0: were – Everybody thought that Matt Nagy yeah. was out. And he saved his job with one game in particular. I'm going to argue against that, of course, because – I have logic. To end the show, we're going to be talking about Tony G's picks of week 13. Was on a three-game win streak, three and two last week. Mm -hmm. Three-game win streak rolling into today with a 33-29 record. Let's see how these five games shape out in week 13 around the NFL. What do you say we get into it? Well, McCormick, my partner. Yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. (laughs) No, let's do it. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm tired of you telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tony G Show. You're listening to The Tony G Show now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony Gordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Whew. quick game of basketball in between the uh, <laughs> the intro for Tony G show that's just I mean still haven't made a shot no I had a couple Whew. there was one play where will McCormick shot from downtown in Tony G studios mm-hmm. and I absolutely smacked that basketball <laughs> into the next studio over yeah you went through the it went through the drywall yep the foam ball yeah broke the drywall yeah. Yeah. that just shows you how hard I hit that mm-hmm. thing it, we 100 miles an hour exit below off the hand. Yeah, it was
1: All right. I was trying to hit a logo with 3, but Well, so I'm committing plans. to the
0: idea of not conducting a show today. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Sneaky good team in the AFC playoffs. And you know, it's not even the sneaky good team. It is the team that is a wild card coming out of the AFC. If they do indeed come out of the AFC, it's interesting that I'm making this argument for a team that is currently 6 and 6, second in their division. But, you know, with the expanded playoff that the NFL is going with, it's not out of the realm of possibility that this team could get into the playoffs. And I say if they do, if they get hot going down the stretch, they find their way in the playoffs, this team could be dangerous. I see it absolutely. I absolutely see it in their play that this could be a dangerous team in the NFL playoffs. The team I'm talking about is the Indianapolis Colts, who lost 38-31 at home versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. And it's interesting that I'm making this argument the week after they lost. Mm-hmm. I'm c- coming out here saying that this team could be dangerous playing in the AFC. This team is for real. And here they sit at 6-6. Six and six, They just lost. But you might be thinking, this cat Tony G, who's the host of this show, this doesn't cat. know what he's talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. You like that one, though? Yeah. Okay. You don't, don't know what he's talking about, saying this team that is 500 that just lost – that is nowhere near being red hot, is a dangerous team. Well, let me go ahead and back that up. Like I said, this team is now 6-6, six and six, second in the AFC South to the Tennessee Titans, who are first place 8-4. and four. Even though they lost, what I saw from Carson Wentz is that he is playing at an incredible clip this season. It's something that it's almost like a comeback player of the year award-worthy mm-hmm. type season. I don't know that he'll win it. There's other valuable candidates out there. I don't know that Carson Wentz has put together a season that is MVP-worthy. But it's certainly worth noting that this guy came from the Philadelphia Eagles to play in Indianapolis under Frank Reich, a guy who he loves. And we'll get to that connection they have in a second. But it's worth mentioning that Carson Wentz, with the year he's having, almost 2,800 yards, 21 touchdowns, 5 interceptions – 14, excuse me, 18 touchdowns, 4 interceptions in his last 8 games, a completion percentage this season of 63%. Here's why some of those stats are significant. Again, 18 touchdowns, just 4 interceptions in his last 8 games. A few of those interceptions came on Sunday, plus 3 of those touchdowns. A completion percentage of 63%, that's higher than the MVP caliber season he had in 2017. You remember when he was almost the MVP that year? He was my Mm -hmm. pick. Back in 2017 with the Eagles, that was the year they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. When he played that, he he was tremendous that entire season. Mm -hmm. I thought this was going to be a guy who the Eagles are going to be a good football team for years to come. And everyone sort of thought that. I don't know what happened to the Eagles. Doug Peterson's no longer there. Carson Wentz is out. New talent all over the place. New coaching, new regime and everything. After just a few years removed from winning the Super Bowl, that shows you how quick the NFL moves on. But back to Carson Wentz, this rejuvenation of his career is certainly worth noting because it is of significance to the level that he is playing at after injuries, after struggles, after a lot of people came after him and said he is a fraud for the good seasons he had. I remember a lot of people were coming after him Mm -hmm. when he returned from injury. He tore his ACL that year that they won the Super Bowl and he was having an MVP caliber season came back and was never really the same under the Eagles. And people were saying, that's a Carson Wentz thing. People were saying, this guy is not for real. He's not going to have that good of an NFL career. He's not somebody to build around. And so this move that got him to Indianapolis kind of went under the radar. People talked about it, and it was certainly in the headlines. But no one really thought that it would make that much of a difference to a Colts team that is average to subpar for years and years now, a team that nobody has ever really looked at as intimidating or dominant and rightfully so again they're just 500 but this Mm -hmm. is a team that I think could do some damage if they get rolling under Carson Wentz
1: yeah and I think back to your point I mean the best thing and I know this isn't a discussion about his career but best thing that Wentz has done in his career was leave that fan base yeah I really do think it was I mean that's more than serviceable throwing 21 touchdowns five interceptions that's that's a great quarterback that's you know Better than
0: the average. Well, we say it all the time you can win with an average quarterback. If that's better, then the Colts might start getting on a roll here. But I want to talk about what you mentioned. That market in Philadelphia is cutthroat. It is. It's very tough. It's very edgy. It's very candid, to be honest with you. It's just someone it's it's a market where you will get torn apart. You could win six in a row, but then when you lose that seventh or eighth game, you go on a little skid, you have a slump, Mm -hmm. you just have the yips, you will get torn apart. Yeah. There's no forgiveness in that Philadelphia market. There's just none. It's not like a Minnesota market or it's not like a Kansas City market that isn't as cutthroat, isn't as want to win. Philadelphia is known for that, being a little edgy, being edgier on that side of, of sports. So coming out of that, maybe it does bode well for him. I don't know. I, here's the thing, though, too, because it's not just the Philadelphia market was tearing them apart. And no. it, they probably were, and they might have been getting to them. I think everybody around the NFL was. Tearing Carson Wentz apart. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were out on him. Mm -hmm. And I sort of was too. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see a lot in his play, a lot in his quarterback rating, a lot in his efficiency to tell me that he's going to have a rejuvenating year and a year where he's going to come back and actually mean something to a team that's somewhat competitive. He's proven me wrong, though. And granted, he does have a lot of talent around him. This isn't just a Carson Wentz thing that the Indianapolis Colts are doing. Jonathan Taylor, a lot of people – Talking about him and if he's going to have an MVP caliber season. He already isn't having the caliber season. I shouldn't put it that way. He's already having... He's putting the numbers. He's putting up numbers that are very impressive for a guy playing in what is now his second season. Over 1,200 yards this year. Already more than what he had last year. Played in 15 games last year. Played in all 12 this year. Already more yards. More touchdowns at 14 running the football. And yards per carry... About six, <laughs> so it's quite impressive. Yeah. He's almost yeah. averaging a first down per running attempt. So this is a very impressive team. This is a team that a lot of people look at as an offensive threat, and not too many people would say that with the young running back, with the quarterback that's been beaten up, spit up, chewed out, and and all sorts of things. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I said it no, backwards. No, good. All right, was good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> chewed up and spit out, and someone who's been been through the ringer, mm-hmm. and. So he finds himself back in this competitive nature where they they may have a shot to win here. We'll look at their schedule and their division coming up in a moment. What about their coaching side of things, like leading this
1: team to be successful? Like I know you had mentioned Frank Wright having a you know a good connection with Carson Wentz. Like, do you see that being an asset they have moving down the stretch of the season here?
0: I definitely do, and because this is something that a lot of people, as I mentioned, when this move was made and it kind of flew under the radar, it was talked about. It was in the headlines but it was under the radar still. When it was talked about, people mentioned that Frank Reich, the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz played under him. Reich was the, the offensive coordinator his MVP caliber year in Philadelphia. So the best year offensively that Carson Wentz has ever had in his career, including college and high school and whatever, doing it at the top level, the offensive coordinator who he directly worked with is now the head coach in Indianapolis. They're going to make something work. They got the chemistry. Reich knows how to make an offense around the strengths and weaknesses of the team, and he knows Carson Wentz better than practically anybody now. Carson Wentz is still a talented quarterback, can still throw that deep ball. He had three first-half touchdowns in that game against the Buccaneers, and they did end up losing it, but that's because Leonard Fournette just one up them with Mm -hmm. four or five touchdowns that he had, and it was Tom Brady, and that's just what the Buccaneers do. Get lucky. (laughs) <laughs> there's the typical Will McCormick coming after Tom Brady. God forbid he wins and comes back in a game. Right. He handed the ball off really well there. <laughs> I love it. I love the take. I don't agree with it necessarily, but I love the take. He, love gets the, he
1: gets the comeback victory on that record. but He does. That's something he's done his whole career too. But oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> point is that that was a good team. They played a good game. Mm-hmm. And the offense is starting to work their way with some strengths and weaknesses. This Frank Reich matchup in Indianapolis is working to the benefit of Carson Wentz. He's starting to rejuvenate his career at a level that he didn't play at since his MVP caliber season. Frank Reich and Carson Wentz have a lot of chemistry, and it's starting to show. Like I said, there's this big play capability. A lot of people commend Russell Wilson for his deep ball, or a lot of people commend Joe Burrow because he's got T. Higgins, he's got Jamar Chase, No one really commends Carson Wentz for his deep ball. And he's doing it with less talented wide receivers than most of these guys around the league, too. There's no Tyler Lockett. There's no DK Metcalf. There's no Justin Jefferson on the Indianapolis Colts. Granted, they have a Zach Pascal, He's more of a middle-of-the-pack wide receiver. They have T.Y. Hilton, who was a prime-time player from years ago, but he's dealt with injuries. He's only getting older. He's doing it with less talented wide receivers. Carson Wentz... His downfield accuracy as well. I mean, he is one of the best in the league at throwing these deep balls, and nobody is commending him for it. So I wanted to spend time on the podcast, and we'll open it up for elaboration here, spending time with the idea that the Indianapolis Colts are a dangerous football team. If they get rolling down the stretch and they break away from their 6-6 six and six record, look out, this team could be dangerous.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, they're sitting at 6-6 six and six right now, which obviously isn't perfect. No. You know, if you look just strictly at the record, that's not a good team. You look at this last game they played, losing thirty-eight to thirty-one, where they're leading most of the game. You know we don't believe in almost victories or you know yeah, moral victories. Moral yeah. victories, but that's kind of a moral victory in a sense. So, but they have a lot to work on. So you know, what what do you see from this team that they need to improve upon because they're not making the
0: playoffs at this clip? That's true. You know, with the six and six record being five hundred, that's not going to bode well for you. Well, to answer that question. The defense, I think, is something that needs to be improved. It's a middle of the pack defense. I believe they're 15th. Yeah, I have it up in front of me here. They're 15th in points per game. Just about three touchdowns per game, a little over. They're about sixteenth. Yeah, that's correct. Sixteenth in yards per game. So it's middle of the pack, which is almost immediately consistent with the record. Middle of the pack, six and six, just about a five hundred type team 500 style of play Mm -hmm. they're nobody it's it's not a team that's gonna absolutely lock you down and you know stop you from scoring they're not gonna shut you out but they don't need to be if you think about it this is a team that if you just keep opposing teams to about that mark three touchdowns then you got a good chance to win a game yeah they can take a couple that's for sure exactly you have to set goals Mm -hmm. defensively we're gonna stop them from scoring here We'll give up a touchdown. We'll Mm -hmm. give up maybe a second touchdown. We'll give up a a touchdown late in the second half, whatever. You have to imagine you're going to concede some points. And if you're the offense, you really have to rely on the idea to score more than that. Mm -hmm. And this is almost simplistic, too simplistic, but when you think about how they do that, there was an image of this game on Sunday where – A fan was wearing a hat that said, run the damn ball. That was (laughs) what the hat said. Yeah, yeah. And that's the exact message I would reiterate to the Colts is just run the ball. You have Jonathan Taylor. Yep. You have a good offensive line that can force some holes. You have a good good quarterback that can – you just run the ball. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You have good wide receivers that can also block good tight – just run the ball. Don't overcomplicate things. Mm -hmm. I think the first half stats for – Jonathan Taylor in that game, 12 rushes, 25 yards. And granted, that's not the most impressive. That's right. about two yards per carry. But he's gonna, it's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. If you continue to persist with that, you're going to break through and have a good day.
1: And set up that play action kind of style yeah, of play too. where Carson Wentz can get some easy passes. Yeah.
0: And that first half, you know, it was all Carson Wentz. Three mm-hmm. first half touchdowns. And that you so Jonathan Taylor didn't need to be relied on. But you came out in the second half and just got out-adjusted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then you ultimately got beat. Mm -hmm. So if you can start to out-adjust the other team, if you can just stick to what works for you, the strengths and weaknesses of running the football with Jonathan Taylor, who's arguably the MVP this season with all the injuries and everything that's going on and the type of season he's having, just run the ball. Don't overcomplicate things and try to win as many games as you can because this is a winnable division, and with the extra expanded playoff, you have a chance to now be considered as a wild card. Sneak in there,
1: maybe win a couple and... Right, and it, it, you all you have to do is win one game and keep moving on to the playoffs, and they're certainly capable capable of that. So
0: the wild card spot right now is taken up by Bengals seven and four and Bills seven and four, who are both second in their division, and then it's Chargers and Raiders and Broncos, all at six and five. That'll change after this week, however, mm-hmm. and then it's the Colts six and six. So you're you are right there mm-hmm. if you start to win some of these games. Looking forward, their schedule does get tougher. That's the part that I don't like if I'm vying for the Colts getting into the playoffs. But there are some winnable games here as well. This Sunday, they head to Houston play the Texans. Have to win that game. That should be a win. That should be a win. You have to win that game. Then the next two games is where I say their schedule is quite difficult. The 18th, they host the Patriots. Hmm. I don't think that's a winnable game. It's in Indianapolis. I get that, but... I'm going to make the argument in Tony G's picks of the week that the Patriots are the best team in the AFC right now. So I don't know that that's a winnable game for the Colts. Then the week after that on Christmas, they head to Arizona play the Cardinals. Also a tough game. You're on the road, across the country, in Arizona. You imagine they'll be somewhat healthier than what they have been before. I don't know that that's a game they win, but if you win that game, hey, you're setting yourself up for a nice run because the final two weeks of the season – they host the Raiders. Got to win that one. Mm-hmm. Not easy. No. Not easy, but they got to win that one. And then they head to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Have to win that one. Yeah. So if they go 3-2 and two down the stretch, they'll be looking at 9-8. and eight. You don't control your own destiny there. You'd like to get that Arizona win. The Cardinals are a beatable team, but they're very good. Mm-hmm. You have to play your best football of the season if you're going to beat the Cardinals in Arizona. If you do that, you're looking at 10-7. and seven. If you're 10-7... In the ASC, it's competitive, but you have to imagine that some teams are going to lose and you will find your way into a wild card. Granted, this division's not out of hand yet either. You're just two games behind the Titans. If the Colts get in a run, they're going to win the final two weeks of the season. If they win the final three, look out. If they get into the playoffs, this is a dangerous team. And mind you, just to your point, you know, a week ago before this Buccaneers
1: game, they beat the Bills by, it was 41-15. to Yeah, they That's absolutely a blowout. hammered them. That is a blowout of a win. And obviously the Bills are not the team that they were two years ago or a season ago, whatever. That's still a pretty dominant win over 7-4 and four Bills. The so they're that, capable.
0: That's, that's a good point. And looking at their past games, the thing that's really stopping them from being a team that is winning the division right now is the two losses to the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. One was 25-16 in Tennessee. Games like that will happen. You'll lose by nine points. Something. You'll lose by two possessions. The second time they played in Indianapolis, they lost in overtime 34-31. Yeah, it's rough. If they win that game, the mm-hmm. season's completely different. Mm-hmm. Then both teams are looking at somewhat equal records at 7-5. and five. And they, they had a three-point loss to the Rams as well. Yeah. that. So those are close matches where you have, you know. That's part of the reason that I say they're dangerous. Yeah. Good games against some of the best teams in the league, beating – almost beating the Titans, almost beating the Buccaneers last week, almost beating the Rams. So like I said, I don't know that they'll win the Patriots game. I'm going to go with that one's for sure loss. But if you get them in Arizona and playing some of their best football, this is a good team. Mm-hmm. I don't think people are giving them the respect that they deserve around the league. Now, No one's given Carson Wentz credit, in part because Jonathan Taylor's having such a great year. He's just getting all the credit. But nobody is giving the respect to Carson Wentz that I think he's earned. So this is a dangerous team moving forward. Don't count them out as we go through the stretch. Their schedule isn't the easiest. I say for sure at least 3-2 if you win the games you're supposed to win. And then that's not the worst place to be. You're over five hundred nine 9 9-8. If you can get that Cardinals win, I think you swing things in your favor and you have mm-hmm. a good chance to go. If they get into the playoffs, they might play a who? Titans team that they could beat? Very well. Very, very well could beat them. They might play ravens that might be a tougher game patriots Mm -hmm. might be a tougher game i think they could beat the chiefs if you give me chiefs colts in a playoff game i'm taking colts
1: yeah i mean the chiefs defense is horrible
0: yeah it's It's bad bad.
1: so and and like i said before there this is a team that can take a couple of wins away yeah i don't know if i could see them going all the way but i could see them being that one team that just knocks off a couple like you know air quote powerhouse teams yeah
0: like that's a good point because like i said i don't see them being a beating a Patriots team this year I don't know if they beat the Ravens I think they'd play well against the Bengals I think ultimately the Bengals would win that game but there's teams in this division or or the conference that they could beat in the AFC in the playoffs Bills I think they'd beat Chiefs Chargers Raiders Broncos I think they'd all beat even Steelers if they somehow were able to get there I think they'd beat and Titans I think those are all (laughs) winnable games for the Colts and not enough people are talking about the fact that the Colts might make a run If they get hot, if they win those final two, maybe three games heading into the playoffs, and they play a Titans team, they play a beatable, well, any team out of the AFC West, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, or they play a beatable Bills team, they're going to win a playoff game. They're going to go maybe win a second playoff game, depending on who they play, and then might stall out in that later round. But it's still going to be a deep run from the Colts if they Mm -hmm. were to get in. That's the discussion I wanted to make, and I feel like I adequately did do that. Will and I both did. The argument that I want to turn to now is not about what team is dangerous. It's about what team is self-inflicted.
1: Self-inflicted. Mm.
0: The Chicago Bears are going to retain Matt Nagy for now. If you remember from Thanksgiving week, our Thanksgiving show, we talked yep. about this with Jason Finder. But all throughout the football world, Reports were coming out all over the place, and I briefly mentioned this on Tuesday. I wanted to get to a Tuesday, but we just had so much to cover that I pushed it back to today. Is there an organization that is run more poorly than the Chicago Bears? It's a just solid question. Bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. The Mitchell Trubisky draft pick. Ugh, you could argue the hiring of Matt Nagy and retaining Matt Nagy. And honestly, Trubisky like
1: on paper probably wasn't the best choice, but I think the bad side of that whole deal was them hanging on to him for so long. That's true. And being like, maybe this is the season. Maybe this is the season. Yeah. And now they're doing that with Nagy, too. They were
0: reluctant to admit that they were wrong, mm-hmm. is your point.
1: And I get that they're like not the best talented team, but they're, they have some stars, man. Yeah. They have some stars. And it's like,
0: how can they not put that together yet? Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Khalil Mack talent all over the place now Justin Fields right he's not having a good year he's a rookie most rookies aren't right but he's someone who's going to develop into Mm -hmm. a good quarterback in the NFL yeah and it it just
1: makes you wonder like if if Matt Nagy is becoming that next Trubisky experiment where they're like let's just give it one more season
0: I think I think it is
1: and they're falling into that trap of just really hurting themselves long run
0: I think and to answer this question are the Bears one of the worst run organizations in football and you mentioned they're not the most talented team they could be it's it's a Chicago market mm-hmm. okay they've had high draft picks the last couple of seasons and they've whiffed on them they've had opportunities in free agency they went out and they made the trade for Khalil Mack all the credit to him they have a good defense always had but you can tell allen robinson's frustrated with the quarterback play mm-hmm. you can tell that they don't have a lock at running back which is something that you need in this day and age yep you
1: need almost two
0: you exactly you almost need two if you want to Make their careers longer, and you want to make their contracts more valuable in the long run. Then you get, then you divvy up that playing time, mm-hmm. and you increase the stamina. Yeah, and you have two running backs to work off of. Mm-hmm. It's the Packers' thing. It's the what the Browns are doing. It's yep. the Chiefs' thing. Yep. Bears don't even have one, David Montgomery or. Ed. I don't even. Yeah, Montgomery. There's no talent there, just none at the running back position, and they absolutely need it. So there's. A whole list of reasons why the Chicago Bears are one of the worst run organizations in football. And I don't just say this because this podcast is based out of a Wisconsin market. It's because the Bears, if you look at their trajectory over the last decade, it's just been completely bad football, bad decisions, bad coaching, and Matt Nagy's part of it. And this only adds to my argument, the fact that they kept Matt Nagy. Reports are coming out. Here's how I want to frame this. Reports came out last week, like I said. Bears are going to cut Nagy loose on Friday morning following their Thanksgiving game. Here's what happened on Thanksgiving. Bears win 16-14 in Detroit over the Lions. A last-second field goal by Cairo Santos gave them that 16-14 win. They beat the 0-10-1 Lions. That's what the record is after that loss against the Bears. That's who they beat. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me that that game saved Matt Nagy's career in Chicago it's an impressive win it's his fourth (laughs) the satire of Mm -hmm. Will McCormick straight-faced it's an impressive win that's the joke because it's not you beat the Lions by two it's not like you shackled a good team in the Patriots or you beat the Chiefs or you beat the Bills or you finally beat the Packers you didn't you beat the Lions barely Mm -hmm. this is Nagy's fourth year what's that pun intended pun intended yeah absolutely Nagy's fourth year this year, he has the worst offense out of all four at 31st. And I get it, he's working with a rookie quarterback, but and that, you and still it, have Andy Dalton on the roster, a veteran. and Not I the think flashiest that, guy, but still.
1: Yeah, that running back issue definitely persists, and it, it, it rears its ugly head yeah. at the quarterback because that only makes it harder to play any sort of play actions out the window. And, you know, any sort of chance of faking the run or selling the run, it, that makes the Justin Fields' job way harder. And that you know, so that kind of is a, a, a compounding issue. But at the end of
0: the day, they have talent there still. Yeah, it's a it's a team that can win games, and they're mm-hmm. just not doing it. No. And to your point, Will, it's okay at the college level if your quarterback is your leading rusher. Yeah. You know, Saint Norbert does it all the time. Quarterback here, Ben Cole, senior. He won't be here anymore because you know this is his final year. Mm-hmm. Was the leading rusher on the team the last two seasons. That's okay. Maybe that's incorrect because there wasn't a season last year. But, it, but he runs a lot, being, a good majority. Yes. It's okay if you're at the college level and your quarterback is the leading rusher. That's going to happen. Even at the Division One level, it happens all the time. Maybe not the leading rusher, but it plays a big role. Guys that are very shifty and can move around and mm-hmm. are very mobile. Trevor Lawrence was a good rusher in Clemson. It's okay if it's like that. At the professional level, it doesn't work so much. Your quarterback gets beat up. They get hit harder. They have to work harder. Their stamina decreases, and their level of play ultimately decreases. You have to find a running back to pair in that offense to make things work, and they're not doing it. To the point of these reports of Matt Nagy being fired on Friday after the Thanksgiving game, they won, and then they didn't fire him. This is either – the explanation here is either one of two things. One, these reports were not true. That's one of the explanations for why he wasn't fired. Because these reports were just false. Team never really said anything about it. They just were false. They just weren't true. Or two, the Bears must have thought that they would have lost on Thanksgiving in Detroit to the Lions and would fire Matt Nagy in response to giving the Lions their first win of the season. That's the only two explanations I can think of. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's one, because these reports were everywhere. Unless it caught like, you know, wildfire and it was just false. I don't believe that to be true. However, I think these reports were very factual based on a source inside to somebody who who leaked this information. So I think these were true. So that eliminates one. So that leaves the only other explanation being the Bears must have thought that they were going to lose on Thanksgiving and would fire Matt Nagy in response. And then they went and they're like, oh, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just play out the rest of the season? Why That's not get a so new head weird. coach now? I mean, it's not.
1: I really, I think I would disagree, not disagree at that point, but I really don't. I don't think they would go back on it just because of one win like that. Okay. It, they very well could. But that would be so weird if they just decided not, and at least in you know the way I, it would play out in my mind. But
0: Yeah, you're right. It could, it could be something else, but that's the only thing I can think of. Right. So it's not the same as – this is another point I wanted to make. It's not the same as Mike McCarthy getting fired with a few games left with the Packers. That was a bad move. Let him stick out the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, What would have been the harm in that? We're going to cut you at the end of the year. Let's call it in the media a mutual agreement to mm-hmm. step aside. Green Bay will thank you, will respect you, maybe get like one last ovation as you walk off the field Yeah, the last home game. That's how it should have gone. Packers fired him with a couple of games left to go. The manner in which that happened, I don't agree with. This is different because there hasn't been success in Chicago. No. Matt Nagy has not done anything to prove his keep for the Chicago Bears. So if this firing were to happen, nobody would bat an eye because everyone thinks, yeah, that's about right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to me it's not the worst thing in the world if you fire him with a few weeks left to go give him the boot get an interim in there see what he can do see where some of the strengths and weaknesses of this team are and then build off of that moving forward that's all you have to do is build a recipe build a formula moving forward and the sooner you start it the better if you're starting it in January you only got to what May until many camps begin in June and then you got the draft in April You have more time if you get Nagy out of there now. You find an interim. Once the season ends, you start hitting some interviews. Within two weeks, you have your head coach picked, and boom, now you get things rolling. That's how this should go, and they're keeping Nagy, only delaying the process of success in Chicago.
1: So let me ask you, what does this mean for their organization if it were the scenario where these reports were not true at all, where they're have no doubt in his ability, and they're sticking with Nagy no matter what. What do you think that means for that organization going down the road?
0: It's just mismanagement. You know what I mean? It's just it's just complete mismanagement. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just bad decision-making. Yeah. It's not doing what needs to be done. Right. It's seeing that there's a road to take. It's the harder road, but it's the road that will lead to more success, and you're not taking it. So you see it being like a basically just – stagnating their ability to be a good team. Yeah. It, like I said, it's completely delaying their process to success. It absolutely is. But before we wrap up this conversation, I did want to say this, based out of the Wisconsin market that we are, this era in the NFC North is just so fun to me. It kind of is. These last 10 years. Yeah. Because the Packers have been on top. You know who's going to win the division year in, year out. Mm-hmm. You know the Lions aren't good. <laughs> so the, team in the the team's in the middle – the Vikings and the Bears, they win just enough to retain their head coaches for the following season, mm-hmm. only to be 500 to below 500 again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the uh, Mike Zimmer thing in – I'm going to knock on wood right now, just so you know. That's but, a good call. Yeah. It's the Mike Zimmer thing in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He wins enough games just to stick around, and yeah. we'll keep him for next year, and then they end up winning maybe eight, nine games. Yeah, It's the same thing in Chicago. They go maybe 500 every year, 8-8, eight and 8-8. Eight, eight and eight. Now they're below 500. Now there's reports that he's going to get fired. He wins a game that that comes the week of reports that he's going to get fired, and he sticks around. So it's like they just win enough games to retain their head coaching jobs and then do a subpar job with the team. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a fun, it's a fun time to watch NFC North football. That's just how it is.
1: As a Packer fan.
0: Yes. Well, <laughs> well yes. I guess Wisconsin maybe, market. Wisconsin market. See, <laughs> so here's the thing. The team that you're rooting for in the NFC North has become the Lions. You know what? If the Lions made it to Super Bowl, I'd root for them. Absolutely. If they get in the playoffs... I'm rooting for them. Yeah. Unless they play our Wisconsin market Green Bay Then... Play. But... Not... Yeah. In retrospect here, and looking at things in the broader picture, if the Lions are good, isn't that good for football? I it mean, is. it feels like the, the football world would just come around and have their back. I think... Everybody I, would be vying for Detroit to win.
1: Yeah. Like, obviously, like, when they play the... Wisconsin market team, we're refer- referring to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I would
0: not <laughs> be rooting for them, but yeah, I would also not be rooting for them. Right. But like I said, if they were to, if let's just say Packers are not in it, mm-hmm. God forbid, then the Lions would get in and say they're like a 10 and 17, they win the division. You're telling me that the football world wouldn't have Detroit's back, a team that's never won a Super Bowl, a team with the head coach of Dan Campbell, who absolutely has a passion for the the game of NFL and a passion for the organization of the Detroit Lions. You're to tell me that the entire football world wouldn't come together and cheer on the Lions. If you say no to that, you're just wrong.
1: Also mostly just based on the fan bases from my experience.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bears, Vikings, if they get good, come on now.
1: I mean, they just, I don't know. It's fun. There's certain fan bases that are fun to like, kind of jive with and like yeah, sure. have that back and forth with. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the uh, the NFC is getting a little bit salty. <laughs> yeah, that could that could be a
0: good way to put it. So. but it's like the it, you know AFC is probably the same way we're on the Patriots. Yeah, too. that's true. That's I true. think the whole football world has had fatigue from the Patriots. This mm-hmm. last two years of them not being so good has been pretty good. I mean, seven to nine last year, and then again, this is the second year where they didn't start good. But like I said, like I made the argument for, and I want to retract what I just said. They're having a good year. Yeah, best team in the AFC again. Mm-hmm. They took one year off, and it was nice, but. Tom Brady was still in it and won a su- So it's like it's either been Tom Brady and Patriots for the last two decades and it's getting fatiguing.
1: You know what, Tony? We're only on week 13, so there is a, a lot, lot of, football left. of football. Yeah. A lot could change.
0: Bears so. could finish
1: 4-10-1. What are they at right now? They're 0-10-1. Oh, oh you're, you, Lions. You said Bears. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lions, like, Lions.
0: Lions. <laughs> okay. Lions 0-10-1. No, that wouldn't be four wins because that's 11 games, 17. So they could be, what, 6-10-1? I'm looking it up now to make sure we don't know. <laughs> all in, I know they're 0 10 and 1. Yes. Which is 11 games. There's 17 games in a season. But
1: they
0: have a bye week. Yeah, but they still have six more games to go, though. They have one, two, three,
1: four. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going in the games Click here, Will, not me. the weeks left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got you. <laughs> Should we move on or just stop the show? Uh, we got picks of the week, so I, oh, okay, I so said we, we stick should, We should go to that. Yeah. Three-game win streak, Tony G's picks of the week. Tony G's picks of week 13 coming up. Whew. Another quick game of basketball as the music mm-hmm. hit and Tony G Studios we got to stop doing it. I know. I'm out of breath now. Yeah. Tony G's picks of the week. All right. Enough of that. Tony G's picks of the week. Week 13. I'm on a three-game win streak coming in with a 33-29 record of this season. I'll be honest. This wasn't the funnest week of games to pick for me. It was more, you know, I try to pick the toughest games. And there's mm-hmm. a couple ones where teams are evenly matched. But you kind of know who's going to win. And, you know, if I go over 500 this week, good. I mean, I'm trying to. But... Point is to make it tough, make it, oh, are they going to win this game? Is it going to be a good game? It's not the best games. Starts tonight, Thursday Night Football. Cowboys at 7-4 head to New Orleans to play the Saints, who are 5-6. and six. No offense for the Saints. They have Trevor Simeon now. Oh, I think it's going to be Taysom Hill to start for the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're doing in New Orleans. That's what that's what the Saints have. That's Shout what they're Jason working Fonder. with. Yeah, that's exactly what they're working with. Cowboys. Cooper Cup will play. There's some speculation on if he will deck. Of course, we'll play. They'll have that chemistry. Cowboys are going to win big 38-13, just like the Bills did against the Saints on Thanksgiving. That's my first pick, Cowboys. Sunday afternoon. Oh, no, this is Sunday noon. Sunday noon, Chargers 6-5 and five head to Cincinnati, play the Bengals 7-4. and four. This young, flashy offense of Cincinnati who mixed in Joe Mixon pretty well. I thought the Chargers were good towards the front end of the season. I thought they were a team that was going to win this division. I don't see that within them now. I say they fall to six and six. Bengals get the win 2017. Washington football team head to the Raiders play Las Vegas. Raiders are two and a half point favorites. Six and five Raiders, five and six football team. Although the football team's on a three game win streak, mm-hmm. and they granted they have beaten Panthers, Seahawks, not the most, ever, but they did beat the Buccaneers. Yeah, and that was a pretty good game. Raiders, on the other hand, have lost three of their last four. They were on a three-game win streak before three game lose streak, excuse me, before winning the overtime Thanksgiving game 36 33 in Dallas. Washington football team's gonna win a close one 26 24. Broncos 6 and 5 heads of the Chiefs, who are 7 and 4. Chiefs are 10 point favorites. Wow, a two possession favorite for Kansas City. I think that's gonna be accurate. I don't think the Broncos are that good this year. Even though they're six and five, they've beaten bad teams. They haven't beaten the good teams. Mm-hmm. Chiefs are going to win, although they're not the best either. But they won't cover. They're going to win 24-21. Monday Night Football. Patriots eight and four, six and six-game win streak for the red-hot New England Patriots. Scary team if they get going. Bills kinks to work out. They're seven and four. I don't know this is a the game they win. I do like the Patriots a lot.
1: 31-17. Here we are.
0: There we are. Those are Tony G's Picks of the Week. Cowboys, Bengals,
1: football team, Chiefs, Patriots. Another game to kind of watch out for is I I think this Lions-Vikings game. We're just on NFC right now. That's going to be a big one for the Vikings to make
0: sure they win. That's true. They need to win that game. You know, the Vikings played San Francisco, and they really should have won that game. Yeah. If they beat the Packers, and then they're looking at making a run for this division, hey, look out, then they should have won 40
1: so that Lions one's a biggie, because that's kind of a, it should be a gimme to, to win that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And for all intents and purposes, it needs to be. Yes. It absolutely needs to be. So, fun week coming up, though. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking Some, of fun weeks, this one's coming to a close. Yes, it is. And next one is the last week of the season for regular season episodes number 24, 25 in Tony G's uh, Tony G show. Season 8's
1: coming around the, right around the corner. Yeah,
0: it will be set to release in February. Will and I take the winter off because mm-hmm. we're college students. So. Yeah, yeah, we're not here. Yeah, and we <laughs> <laughs> and we like doing that, taking a break, but whatever. Tony G's picks of the week. There they are. Tony G Show has come to a close. Now that this episode's over, let's get some basketball. I mean, what do you say? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Tony G Show. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. Thanks for listening to The Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.